Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I hope that the weather has been fantastic for you. And thanks to everybody who actually has been contacting me and reaching out. I just absolutely love to read all of your emails, and I do my best to respond to them in a timely manner as well. So if you would like to contact me or introduce yourself or say hello, you'll find my contact information in the description of this podcast episode. But today, let's go ahead and read Deuteronomy 29 verses 19 through 29. Go grab your Bible, your cup of coffee, your cup of tea, your cup of water, whatever you're drinking this morning, and let's go ahead and read this. I'll be reading as usual out of the W.E.B. version. And it happens when he hears the words of this curse that he blesses himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace, though I walk in the stubbornness of my heart to destroy the moist with the dry. Yahweh will not pardon him, but then Yahweh's anger and his jealousy will smoke against that man. And all the curse that is written in this book will fall on him. And Yahweh will blot out his name from under the sky. Yahweh will set apart for evil out of all the tribes of Israel, according to all the curses of the covenant written in this book of the law. The generation to come, your children, who will rise up after you, and the foreigner will come from a far land, and will say, when they see the plagues of the land and the sicknesses with which Yahweh has made it sick, that all of its land is sulfur, salt, and burning, that it is not sown, doesn't produce, nor does any grass grow in it, like the overthrow of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zeboim, which Yahweh overthrew in his anger and in his wrath, even all the nations will say, why has Yahweh done this to this land? What does the heat of this great anger mean? Then the men will say, Because they abandoned the covenant of Yahweh, the God of their fathers, which he made with them when he brought them out of the land of Egypt, and went and served other gods and worshipped them, gods that they didn't know and that he had not given to them. Therefore Yahweh's anger burned against this land to bring on it all the curses that are written in this book. Yahweh rooted them out of their land in anger, in wrath and in great indignation, and thrust them into another land as it is today. The secret things belong to Yahweh our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So this episode is a continuation of Mondays, where God reestablished his covenant with his people. This is actually the second time God's done this. The first time was in Horeb years before this. But now, since this is the second generation, God is doing it again with the children, basically reestablishing the covenant. So Moses reminds the people of all the good things God has done for them. He reminds them of all the wonderful miracles God provided for them while they were going through the wilderness. He reminds them of, you know, being brought out of Egypt and all the great plagues that happened to Egypt. But now Moses is basically saying to the people, he's like, don't allow what happened in Egypt to happen to you. And here's what it says. We started out in verse 19, which was actually a continuation of verse 18 in my version. But it says, when it happens, when he hears the words of this curse, that he blesses himself in his heart saying, I shall have peace, though I walk in the stubbornness of my heart. So what this is talking about is a person who just refuses to care about God's law. That person in the end is going to be cursed. I mean, this happens all the time. We see people 
doing this constantly where they're just like, I will be happier, you know, not following God's laws. I'm going to have peace and prosperity and, you know, wealth and happiness and this and that. If I just do what I want to do, if I walk in the stubbornness of my heart, basically, and just do what I want to do instead of following God's laws. We see people like that all the time, don't we? This is uh, part of the reason why our countries are in such bad shape is because everybody's just doing whatever they want to do. It says here, though, that God is not going to take kindly to that. It says God will not pardon them is what it says. Then Yahweh's anger and his jealousy will smoke against that man. And the curse that is written in this book will fall on him. Yahweh will blot out his name from under the sky. Now, I want you to notice something here, which is kind of interesting. Not only does God not pardon him and his anger burns against him, but it actually says God is jealous. And even these people here who refuse to recognize God, they make God jealous. So the average person that refuses to obey God actually makes God jealous because God wants every single one of us. He created all of us in his own image. He wants to be our father. It actually says in scripture that God does not want a single person to perish. He does not want them to die. And what that means is not like the physical death, but the spiritual death. God does not want any single person to die and go to hell, which is why Jesus came down to earth. God sent his only son, Jesus, to die for everybody and take that punishment for people. However, people have to accept that free gift. Otherwise, they will still die in their sins if they don't accept the free gift of Jesus. God, in his mercy and in his love, wanted to have a relationship with every single person. So even the average person out on the street that is stubbornly doing whatever they want to do and uh, teaching other people to do the same thing and laughing at good and calling evil good, God is jealous for that person. He wants that person's attention. Because every single person has value and God recognizes that. So yeah, even though God is angry towards this person, he is jealous, you know, for them. He is so jealous for them. But eventually God will have enough. It says here that the curses that are written in this book will fall on him and Yahweh will blot out his name from under the sky. So people won't remember this guy, this person that is going around being like, I have peace. You know, I don't need to follow God's laws. I've got peace doing my own thing. You know, I'm happy living in my sin. It says God is going to make that person not even be remembered for what they did. Their existence is going to be blotted out from under the sky. They're not going to have a legacy. You know, once they die, they're going to be forgotten. They're not going to have a legacy. It says Yahweh will set him apart for evil out of all of the tribes of Israel, according to all the curses of the covenant written in this book of the law. So yes, even though this is talking about Israel specifically, I do know that God never changes. It says in scripture that he never, ever changes. And it does say in scripture, other places that God does uh, eventually destroy the wicked every single time. So it's a warning to us. It's a warning to everybody, actually, not just the Israelites back in these days, but every single person. It is a warning that we should not to just do whatever we want to do and totally ignore God. Because in the end, it's not going to be good. It's going to be very, very bad when God's anger and his wrath is set against a person that is terrifying. 
But going back to Israel, it actually says later on in the prophets that basically this is exactly what Israel did. They kind of just did whatever they wanted. And they were like, we have peace. We have peace. We have peace. And they would get mad at the prophets, like the real prophets that were like, you don't have peace. God is coming for you. Listen to the law or everything that God said would happen is going to happen. So listen to the law. And the people would actually get super angry at those prophets. So angry that those prophets were telling the truth. And many prophets died and were killed and were mistreated and were thrown into pits to die. Like all sorts of crazy things happened because the people did not want to hear the truth and the truth of what the prophets were saying. Everything that God said that would happen in this chapter of Deuteronomy 29 and beyond and before all this ended up happening to Israel. It was all fulfilled, every single bit of it. So moving on, it says in verses 22, actually all the way through 28, this is very interesting. It's not just for the punishment of Israel that God is doing this for. It's also the people that are around Israel as well. It says the foreigner and the children who rise up after you. They're going to like inquire about all of this stuff that is going on. They're going to be like, why did my parents or why did the Israelites over there? Why are they so destroyed? Like, why is their land not producing anything? Why are they so sick all the time? What is happening? Like, why is this generation of Israelites being so destroyed? I don't know if you guys have ever learned from the mistakes of other people. If you have like older siblings, perhaps you have, or if you've had parents that have made mistakes and you're like, I'm never going to do that. Other people's mistakes can help us to learn. So when we see somebody else getting punished or getting hurt by something that they chose to do or something that they did that was a mistake, it almost teaches you, don't do that thing because I will have the same result if I do do that thing. So it's also a learning experience to everybody around Israel at this time period that they should not do the things that Israel was doing, if that makes sense. So it's not just punishment for Israel. It's a learning experience for the children of the Israelites and the foreigners as well. Because we know God cares about everybody. Once again, everybody's created in God's image. And so God cares for every single human being on the planet. That includes foreigners and Israelites. That includes men and women. That includes children and adults. That includes anybody. Everybody. Anybody that is created in God's image is special to God. So the foreigners also. The, the foreign nations who served other little G-gods were going to inquire about Israel and be like, why did this happen to them? And it says here that the answer will be because they abandoned the covenant of Yahweh, the God of their fathers, which he made with them when he brought them out of the land of Egypt and went and served other gods and worshiped them, gods that they didn't know and that he had not given to them. Think about the superstition of the people back in these days. You know, people were very, very superstitious. You can see that just with the difference like pagan rituals they would do and stuff. People were super superstitious. So think about a foreigner at this time period who's worshiping like these little G gods that their country worships. Hearing this story about Yahweh, 
destroying the Israelites like this. It might cause that foreigner worshiping that little G God to abandon that God and begin worshiping Yahweh because they see the fearful power that God has. And not only do they see the fearful power that God has, they realize that Yahweh is real because Yahweh can do this kind of stuff. Yahweh can cause these curses, but yet their little G God, they probably pray to it and nothing happens. So they're probably like, huh, maybe Yahweh, maybe Yahweh is the real God because these Israelite people who supposedly worshiped him caused themselves to be cursed because they turned away from Yahweh. That would make people think. And not only would it make people think, but it might cause somebody to not make the same mistakes. I would guess, for example, the children in particular would probably not make the same mistakes as their parents. We do know that um, generations are often at war with each other. <laughs> like, for example, the boomers and the millennials and the, the zoomers. They all get like so angry at each other, you know, that everybody like likes to blame each other. Oh, it wasn't the millennials. It was the Zoomers. Oh, it wasn't the Zoomers. It was the boomers. And, you know, everybody wants to like blame each other. So, yeah, I mean, this would cause the kids to really think, wouldn't it? It would cause the kids to be like, I'm not going to make the same mistakes as my parents. And perhaps the, the kids would come back to God at this point. And then God would once again begin to bless Israel all over again. And these foreigners would see both a blessing and cursing taking place in their lifetime. If that's what ends up happening, they would see the curses of the generation before and all these terrible things that happened. But then they would see the children start following Yahweh again. And these blessings start to happen all over again. That would absolutely get people around the world to think about Yahweh instead of their own gods. But then here in verse 29, there's kind of a uh, an interesting statement. It says, The secret things belong to Yahweh our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. I honestly, I'm not quite sure why Moses placed that verse right here. I'm not really sure why. But let's talk about it. It says the secret things belong to Yahweh our God. So yes, God absolutely has secrets. There are things that we're just never, ever going to know. There are things that are not laid out in scripture that we don't have answers for. I think the, the main one is how God created the earth and like what he did to create it. I know that that's something that everybody wants to know, or at least a lot of people want to know it, but it's a secret. You know, God didn't really lay out exactly how he created the earth <laughs> other than he spoke it into existence, but we didn't get to see everything forming and we don't have like a, you know, scientific textbook about how God created the, the universe. So there are secrets that God absolutely keeps from us. Another secret I can think of is actually in the book of Revelation where John was like basically up in heaven and he was about to write down something that like one of the angels said, I think. And God was like, don't write that down. That's a secret. 
So there are plenty, plenty of secret things that we just do not know. And we're never, ever going to know. And there's there's some amount of comfort in that. And you're probably like, Jen, how is there comfort in that? But there's comfort in it because when we don't understand something, it's kind of okay. You know what I mean? We don't have to know everything because God already knows it all. And he's got it like all under control that we don't have to worry about certain things, if that makes sense. And perhaps for some of you, you're just like, oh my gosh, it's so stressful not knowing everything. And I can kind of get that. I can sort of understand that uh, thought process. But since God knows all, he's got it all under control. And we can at least rest assured that God is like so much bigger than us and so much smarter than us and knows all these secrets that we don't know, that he's also going to take care of us and sustain us and protect us. And that's a really good thing because obviously God is so much bigger than us that he's like the best person to have on our side. But it does say that he reveals some things to us. There are things that are revealed to us and those things belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. Moses is saying that the words of the law are the truth. God reveals the truth to us. He will always reveal truth, I believe. God cannot lie. And if we are actively seeking for truth, then I do believe God will give it to us. That's why I encourage everybody, just constantly seek for the truth. Even if you have questions about scripture that you just have no clue about, even if you are like, how could this part of the Bible be real? Or, you know, I don't, necessarily trust this portion of it, or I don't believe in this one thing that God says, or any other question that you might have about God's goodness or about how God treats women, which was something I struggled with for a really long time. I believed that scripture was very misogynistic, but it wasn't until I began searching for the truth of God's heart towards women that I don't believe at all anymore that scripture is misogynistic because I searched for the truth. I really, really wanted to know. And I think that God gave me that knowledge over time. But my point is just search for the truth. Even if you have questions, even if you just don't understand something, just don't stop searching. Because even though God's not going to necessarily reveal his secrets to you, because he doesn't have to do that, I do think that God always gives you the truth when you are really, really searching for it and you just are having doubts about him or whatever else, if you are actively searching for it, I do believe that God will reveal the truth to you. Faithful listeners, I hope that you have a fantastic rest of your day and that you are blessed on this lovely Wednesday afternoon. And I'm not going to talk your ear off anymore. I'm just going to say happy listening and God bless.